Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bingo podcast. Yours truly, Solomon Wilcox, right here on Valley Sports Ohio. And I'm joined by former Seattle Seahawks running back Robert Turbin. He is also my co-host. That's right, on Sirius XM NFL Radio, uh, the opening drive. You can hear him there as well as many other places. He has a growing career in broadcast media. Robert, welcome to the show. How you been doing? I've been doing well. Thanks for having me. It's been a, a, a really fun season so far, and I'm having a lot of fun, you know, young in the game in my broadcasting career, but certainly learning a lot, learning a lot from guys like you, and uh, it's just been a fantastic time. Well, you continue to do great work. There's no doubt about it. And look, man, I wanted to have you on to talk about the Seattle Seahawks because I can tell you right now, this is a team that had many people here in Cincinnati um, really concerned when you have wide receivers like Jackson Smith and Jigba, who, of course, went to school nearby at The Ohio State University. You got DK Metcalf coming in here as well as Tyler Lockett. I don't know that there's a better trio in the league. And of course, here in Cincinnati, we like to think that Higgins, Boyd, and of course, Jamar Chase is, is maybe the best, but this group is pretty good too. They would finish they the really- game with 14 catches combined, 200 receiving yards, but yet they don't get into the end zone. And the Bengals mm-hmm. were able to win that game 17 to 13, but it was a hard fought win. Just give me your thoughts on when you think about that component of the game, these receivers and maybe even the running game for Seattle not being able to flourish as well as you would like. Well, I'll start with the receivers, um, you know, still trying to build some chemistry with one another, I believe. And you look at DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they've been together for a number of years, so they know each other. But if you look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's been somewhat of a struggle to try to incorporate him into the offense on a consistent basis. Really, last week against the Bengals, that was the most we've seen from him all season long as far as his cooperation within the offense. They got a nice, uh, a, another nice young rookie and Jake Bobo, undrafted guy who they like to utilize, particularly in run situations. Uh, but because uh, Jackson, I think his inability to be able to uh, present you know, so, some physicalness in the run game, I think it, it, it you know, it takes away some of his, uh, his opportunities on the field. And so, but they're growing. And this system is, you know, it, it's different, Sally, because like in some offenses, uh, offensive systems, they're built around a player or a couple players where they want to make sure they scheme these guys to get open on as many plays as possible, right? Jamar Chase is a good example of that for the Bengals. Cooper Cup is a good example of that for the Rams. Travis Kelsey. For the Kansas City Chiefs, Justin Jefferson, et cetera. But although the Seattle Seahawks have primary guys or guys that they want to get the ball to, if you watch their offense, it's not necessarily schemed towards one player. It's like, boom, we snap the ball. This is the play. Here's the combo. And whoever the open target is, get it to that guy. There's some, there's some good and some bad with that. Okay, so I think this is an offense that is still formulating Shane Waldron, who's the offensive coordinator, still learning the young guys, especially JSN in particular, Jackson Smith and Jigba. What are the right, uh, you know, what are the right plays that he fits in to get him open more consistently? So 
I thought you saw some of that in the game against the Bengals because they're unable to finish drives. And when you're unable to finish drives, it's because you're unable to identify your go-to target. The closer you get to the line of scrimmage or the end zone, I should say, those are the downs where you say, okay, who are the guys you like to get the ball the most in these situations? Seattle hasn't identified that person. Seattle uh, would only score 13 points in the game. Only three points scored in the entire second half of the game. They were one for four down inside the red zone. Cincinnati Bengals defense really slammed the door shut. What did you see from the Cincinnati Bengals secondary? What did you see from that defensive front? Where it seemed like at the end of the game, they overwhelmed the offensive line for Seattle as they started to get hits and sacks against Geno Smith. And that's where it started and finished for the Seattle, or excuse me, for the Cincinnati Bengals. That defensive line uh, really overwhelmed the offensive line for Seattle. And what ended up happening is Geno Smith, you saw him start to feel uncomfortable, especially when they got into the red zone, when they got too closer to uh, scoring touchdowns and that field just gets shortened, right? And things just start to look a little bit more congested as you're going through your progression, it made it difficult for Gino to be able to identify uh, the, his open targets. And I thought he missed a couple guys that he had open in the end zone in a couple situations down there in the red zone. And when you're getting consistent pressure on the quarterback the way that the Cincinnati Bengals did, what it does is it causes the quarterback to then second-guess himself even when he has a man open uh, on a certain route concept. And I think you saw that impact happen uh, throughout that football game. What did you see, Turbo, um, in terms of the Seahawks' defense against the Bengals' offense that's been lighting it up for the last two games? They had averaged uh, 12 points per game in the first four games over the last two weeks. They had an average of 25 points, only 17 in the game against the Seahawks on Sunday. And in the second half, where the Bengals really started fast, they scored touchdowns on their first two drives, uh, again, only 17 points. And uh, they didn't get anything in the second half, only 52 total yards of offense for the Bengals in the second half of that game. What was Seattle doing defensively? Well, you got to look at their defensive line as well. And they acquired some guys in the offseason, Draymond Jones from the Broncos and Jaron Reed came back from yeah. Green Bay. And those guys have really had an impact on the defensive line. And the struggle for Seattle, you know, has been putting pressure on the quarterback on a consistent basis. But one thing I know about Pete Carroll-led teams is that anything that they emphasize throughout a week or a couple of weeks leading into a game, they usually do better, uh, you know, in that in that category. And pass rush, I thought, was something that they improved on against the Bengals, making Joe Burrow a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, but from a Bengals standpoint, offensively, you know, although they didn't put up a lot of points, you have to continue to like what you're seeing as far as the progression with Joe Burrow and his injury and the connectivity between him and his receivers because not only was he getting the ball to Jamar Chase, but the other guy started getting involved as well. I think it was Tyler Boyd who scored a touchdown in the in the, uh, in the the first half, and they were the first quarter of the game. And I'm watching the game personally. I don't know how you felt, but I'm watching the game. like, oh, Tyler Boyd with a touchdown. That, you know, like, <laughs> we used to see that all the time. Haven't been seeing that quite That's often right. as much as we are used to seeing. So it's good that the Bengals are in a situation now where, yes, you've got your security blanket and Jamar Chase, but the comfortability of distributing the football is starting to happen for Joe Burrow again. You know, you were talking uh, about just 
you got to win the meaningful games. And Seattle is one of those teams that I think it's a young team. You guys have drafted so well. We love the young players you have. Devin Weatherspoon, you got to see him in the coming out party in the Mm -hmm. Monday night game. Tyreek Woolen, who made the Pro Bowl as a rookie one year ago. You got two offensive tackles who were rookies one year ago who made a name for themselves. Young players. But it's a team that's still growing and learning how to win. Why was this game, week six against the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, a real pivotal game in your mind? Well, I think that if you are a team that feels as if uh, you should be contending for a championship, which I feel for the Seattle Seahawks coming into the season, I picked them as a contender to be in the NFC championship game this season. I feel like they can beat either the Eagles or the 49ers if they had to, all right, to be able to get into that football game and have an opportunity to go back to another Super Bowl and obviously compete to to win. But in order to get there, I think these are the pivotal games that you have to win. Teams who have championship DNA, teams who have been there before. The Bengals have been there before in recent years on a multitude of occasions. They've been in the Super Bowl. They've been in those AFC championship games. And so the championship DNA, it exists throughout the locker room because those same guys are there. So if you're Seattle coming into town, you know what they say. To be the best, you have to beat the best. And I thought this was a pivotal game as far as the evaluation of, okay, where are we at as a team in Seattle? Can we contend with the best of the best? And they had their opportunities, uh, but they but they, you know, they couldn't get it done. And so they'll have another shot. They'll see the 49ers twice. And, you know, both of those games are going to be major. And, you know, the 49ers are going to be right in the thick of things towards the end of the season. They have to find a way to beat, all right, these major teams, these championship DNA teams. They've already lost to the Rams, another one, right? Got to beat these championship DNA teams in order to at least be in the conversation. Yeah, I think that was important for our our, uh, fans here in Cincinnati to hear that the Bengals are one of these teams now that they've ascended into an area where everybody is going to want to beat them. Like they're getting the best shot from everybody, even – Joe Burrow can have a calf injury. Um, uh, the offensive line can be ailing or whatever's going on. You can lose members of your secondary. No one's going to care because everyone right. wants to beat you after now you've been deemed to be one of the best teams in the league. And the Bengals kind of carry that with them because of the presence of one Joe Burrow and many other things as well. Robert Turbin, um, former Seattle Seahawk, running back as well as a tremendous young um, broadcaster. Your career is just getting brighter and brighter. We wish you all the best of luck. Thanks for joining us on the Believe in Bingo podcast right here on Bally Sports Ohio. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all of your sports betting needs. For anything that I do betting related, I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code Believe50. Bet Online has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons. Anything you need, whether it's futures, live in game betting, no matter what. Your football betting needs are met at Bet Online. And again, make sure you use that promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. AV on YouTube.